for me to to kind of decompress. So like, especially in majors, like after, for let's say Augusta, play 18 holes, run all day, interview this and that, I get home. And first thing I do is turn on the Xbox and first thing she'll do is something else. Yo, what's going on everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Shank Happens uh, with PGA Memes. This pod's brought to you by Mizzen and Maine. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out Mizzen and Maine, go to their website, mizzenandmaine.com. They just dropped the new lightweight Lee Word dress shirt, which is incredible. We already love their dress shirts to begin with. They've even stepped up their game even more. This fabric's even lighter, more comfortable. Uh, I'm digging it. I'm excited to get out of quarantine and show it off. So, Joe, let's talk about the episode today. we got a really exciting one ahead of us, right? What's up, Travis? Glad to be back on the pod. Super excited. Man, this has been fun. What a, what a cool couple weeks kind of kicking this thing off. Really enjoyed last week getting to talk all things Jordan and Last Dance. And another topical uh, discussion this week uh, from uh, – Top Golf reopened. You went and participated in a fun content shoot with uh, GM Golf and, and Michael Gallup from the uh, Dallas Cowboys, which is really cool. And I think today's guest, uh, from what I hear, is, is one, a pretty good golfer and is pretty tight with uh, some pretty big content creators who came out with their very own documentary this week, Dude Perfect. Is that right? Yeah, we were uh, going to be joined by world number two, John Rom. So super stoked about that. Uh, incredible guy. Uh, excited to hear some of the stories that he has and just hear how he's been uh, faring in quarantine. He just got recently married. So a true test of marriage to be locked down in your house with your wife, right? All day, every day. So no kidding. curious to no see kidding. how that's going for those guys. But yeah, man, great, uh, great start to the podcast for two guys that don't really know exactly what they're doing. Uh, we've done pretty <laughs> good. We've had fun talking about things that we love and enjoy. We've had a couple great guests and, you know, we've cracked the rankings. We, we entered to uh, the top five in the U.S., which is exciting. So, yeah, number four was uh, our, our peak, right? So we're moving on up. It's exciting. So we've got a few things to, to jump right into. So let's go ahead and move over to the first tee and, and get right at it. So first and foremost, let's talk about uh, this match with TaylorMade. So we're going to have competitive golf back in uh, the swing of things. Really excited about that. Dude, I am too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know a lot of the logistics um, for this specific match. Um, I know there's been more details for the match next week. So I'm excited to see kind of what comes of this as as we get ready to, to become engulfed by it. Um, I think it's going to be an awesome match. I think they've got some great contenders in there. Uh, you know, anything, anything Rory does is, is fire. Number one in the game right now, going to be awesome. Um, teaming up with DJ who that guy just doesn't ever seem to hit it bad it ever. Uh, but, but then I, I really like this pairing of, of Ricky and Wolf. I think it's unique. I think it's interesting. Um, you've got two guys there who both have some great synergy from playing at Oklahoma state to kind of their playing style. And, and I'm telling you, this Matt Wolf, there's something about this kid that just make, that just screams special to me. That I think, I think, I think while they may be the underdogs, I think they're going to take it home. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, exciting to be able to see this caliber of players come out and play uh, this weekend. I mean, Wolf obviously being the young gun of the group, but he's he came out on tour last year, real dynamic, and uh, got his first win. But, you're, I mean, I listen, with the way that it's formatted, it can be anyone's game. So uh, I'm excited to see Dustin and Rory obviously bombing uh, their drives you know, down the fairway. But And Ricky is uh, a player. You know, I think he's been playing a lot of golf down in Florida. So 
I'm excited to see, you know, what comes of it. I mean, at the end of the day, I really don't care who wins. I'm just excited to see these guys back out there on TV. And then, you know, obviously they're raising money for a great cause. So, you know, it's, it's going to be good all around. So, but I'm with you, man. I, I kind of like want to see the underdog come out of this thing and, and win. I mean, Ricky and Matt, that'd be pretty cool. I think it's going to be awesome. And it, the two of the, there's just this, you know, obviously it, everybody in this match is, is cool. They're, they're, you know, younger generation of golf that lead an industry in a great way. But Ricky and Matt have this swagger to them that I'm just like, that's going to be, that's going to be in a team competitive sport as we've seen in the Ryder Cup. And we're going to talk about with John today. You know, when you have that swagger and you have that style and, and that connection there, it, it makes a difference in team play. And I think you're going to see – I think you're going to see that. So, I'm, I'm excited to see. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's going to be exciting. I mean, both Oklahoma State guys, um, you know, I, I mean, we'll see. I mean, these guys all know each other. They're around each other. There might be some chemistry with DJ and, and Rory. But I, we'll see. I'm excited to, uh, to check it out and tune in on Sunday. I'm interested to hear who John has winning the match and – what he thinks of it right so and fortunately for us we got you know next week too to look forward to with you know the tiger phil match which we talked about last week they did announce um the commentators and the analysts Star yesterday yeah and i was a little disappointed i mean one our boy pat is not going to be participating which sucks ridiculous we'll see i mean jt i mean i mean he's he can bring the heat I, i'm excited to see what he does i mean i'm not going to count him out at this point um you know, I, obviously he's got rapport with all those guys and, you know, they, they talk a lot of smack. They play in a lot of money games. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think JT will be bring a really unique perspective to the game as well. I mean, ranking where he ranks in the world of golf, you know, having accomplished what he's accomplished on the course, you know, and then obviously having the relationships with, with the guys who are competing plays a big role. So I, I think he will bring a great, fresh perspective to this. Um, I wish, you know, I love Charles Barkley. I think Charles Barkley is, is one of the best commentators we have today, but I wish we had a little bit more flair and flavor to this, I guess. And, and, and I guess to, to be fair, it's a hard thing. They don't want people crossing state lines. They don't want people traveling. They want to make it simple. And there's not going to be a lot of people who are allowed to be present if any people besides the production crew. So you know, I, I get it. It was, it's a hard thing. I'm thankful that it's coming on, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you. It'll be interesting to see. Hopefully we get a lot more interaction between the players uh, this, this go around with the match. And that's, that's what's going to help circumvent having a lesser group of commentators. Yeah. And I think, you know, this weekend's match could be good because what we talked with Pat, just you got the younger players, you know, they're probably gonna be more comfortable to interact that way. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, this might set the stage for what happens next week. There might be something that comes out of this match with the TaylorMade guys that, you know, TNT picks up or Tiger and Phil see. They're like, oh, well, we got to do something like that or we got to one-up that. So, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see. It's good there's some competitiveness. We've got multiple events happening. I mean, that's a lot to, you know, look forward to with everything that we've gone through you know, as a, as a world, the last couple of months with not having any live sports. So I'm, I'm super excited about it. I know that a lot of golfers are. Yeah. And I mean, they, you know, for the, for what they brought out, they, they brought out some really great people to comment on it. Um, it's just, there's not as many people as they had involved last time in the production is, is what I meant there. And so, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, but I agree with you and, and glad we get kind of, you know, it's almost like, 
we've got two matches back to back that are going to be fire, but you've got one match that leads up to, to the main event, which is hopefully going to help stir the pot. Well, let's move on to uh, out of bounds. Four! So last week uh, or this week for that matter, we actually got the chance to go up to Oklahoma city and go to top golf. They reopened their first facility, which was really awesome to be there and to, to see how they're reopening this, making people like us feel safe. So that way, when we go there, the only thing we're thinking about is, you know, eating good food, having drinks, and hitting golf balls. And that's exactly what we did. It was a great experience. Great to be back. You know, they have plastic screens in between bays, every other bay, you know, six people to a bay maximum, which is the number of players that can play. But now it's enforced that you can't have larger groups. And they're being really smart and, and they're helping people get back out and start having fun again in areas that it's, that it's been deemed safe. Uh, was really thankful to get to be there, and you you got to participate in a, in a pretty little cool in a cool little content initiative there. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, just talking about creators. I mean, we we got to roll up from Dallas. Uh, you and I, we had Michael Gallup from the the Cowboys in the car with us, which was cool to get to to meet Michael and you know hear just you know stories you know Cowboys and football and you know how he's you know his interest in golf and so forth. But yeah, when we get there, we meet up with Garrett Clark and the GM golf crew. Uh, Micah, Matt, and Steven were all there and it was awesome to see. I mean, obviously I've followed along and watched a lot of their videos. You've been in one of them here recently out at Purcell Farms. Um, and you know, it was cool to see, and you know, they were like, Hey, let's do a contest here at Top Golf. Let's have some fun and brought, you know, Gallup and my, and myself into the contest, which was really cool. So I was on the same team with Matt and Micah and Gallup joined up with Garrett and Steven and we just had a three on three little horse match and I'm you know I'm not gonna lie I definitely didn't bring my best my a game but you know it was it was fun I haven't played golf very much and uh haven't played at top golf for that matter but you know it was fun to just like live that experience with those guys just creating content on the go I mean nothing was planned it was just happening and you know the chemistry with all those guys is phenomenal they just they know how to get under each other's skin they know where their weaknesses and their strengths are. And so it was kind of fun to see where, you know, Gallup and I fit, fit in that. And, you know, you can check out the YouTube video on uh, Garrett's channel. We're not going to spill the beans on who prevailed or who did what, but it was fun. And I'll tell you, it went down to the very end. It was a lot of fun yeah. to be part of that. Surprise so. MVP, I think, in the, uh, in the video. And then, and then went on to create some fun, awesome content kind of between football and golf, hitting footballs off the roof of the building to gallop down in the parking lot below and, and all sorts of cool stuff. So, you know, showing people Topgolf is back. We're thrilled about it uh, and, and, and getting to engage in some pretty cool content. And speaking of content, um, and I, you know, this is one of the things that I'm most excited about to ask John Rahm about. Um, it, I, I know that, that you follow along with, with some content creators, but this week, probably the biggest content creators in sports, uh, dude, perfect dropped their documentary and I got a chance to sit down and watch it. Absolutely awesome. Love those guys to death. Uh, have, have played a fair amount of golf with them in my day, spent some nights at top golf with them and know that they have some really cool stories with wrong and so i'm excited to kind of learn a little bit more that about that relationship um i'm gonna i'm gonna take credit for probably establishing that relationship a little bit because i think i made the initial introduction to uh the guys that because well, yeah because wesley Bryan was with him correct when they did their their video right. shoot 
Right. Yeah. So I had gotten to know them here in Dallas and, and, and Wesley and John were, were getting really tight. Um, they'd come in town for colonial and, and Wesley had reached out and been like, Hey, can we set this up? So it'll be, it'll be fun to, to hear some of the story, how that came to be and see what's developed into a really cool relationship. Yeah. They're pretty tight. Apparently. I mean, we did the PJ memes challenge, uh, the first of March, 29th of February. And there were some people like, Hey, maybe we get a couple of the do perfect guys out. And they're like, Oh no, they're all going to John Rom's wedding. wedding. Yeah. yeah so right. they're tight. They're tight. So it will be interesting to see, but man, those guys have been around for a long time. I mean, it's really cool to see, you know, Garrett and all those guys, what they're doing, uh, much younger guys than myself, but they are just full of passion and ideas and just, they're so creative and it's exciting to see that's exactly where, you know, the dude perfect guys were so long ago where they just, you know, were just doing what they love to do, be with their friends, create fun content. And they, you know, really they're the trailblazers of what they're doing today, but to see them still at it. And then they did their, you know, tour last year and they're filling arenas up. I mean, it's just incredible. I just remember, you know, I'll actually, I, I know exactly where I was. I was at my office and I remember my boss at the time sending me an email with the link to, the golf stereotypes. We had just got done playing golf with a bunch of people in our company. And it was just hilarious because every single person in that video, you could find someone that, you know, you could identify with. And there was a few of those stereotypes that maybe you personally can identify with. Oh, for so sure. I'm, I'm really curious, you know, I think John follows along pretty well with those guys. I'm curious to ask him, you know, if he's seen that stereotype video and where he thinks he fits on the spectrum. Cause you know, John being number two in the world, um, all the accolades being top amateur for, for as long as he was, he's known to throw some fits out on the course here and there and wear his emotion on his sleeve, which I respect fully. I mean, listen, we all do that, uh, as amateurs, you know, in any round we go, you know, there may be a club thrown or spiked into the ground or a swear word thrown here and there. And we just go back into the cart and it's no big deal. But when, you know, John Rom does that or Jordan Spieth does that, the whole world sees it. Right. And they, they yeah. look at it and they look down on it and it's a negative thing. And, you know, for me, unless he's whining about it for a long time or he does something crazy, you know, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. I think it's great to see how competitive and passionate these guys are. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing that I think you take away, especially you, I mean, you watch the, you watch the video and the, first of all, the most popular uh, character in the dude perfect documentary, they all talk about it is the rage monster. Um, it's pretty funny, you know, he pops up all the time and, it, you know, so being able to kind of identify with that joke about it and laugh about it is, is always a good thing. And, and you know, for every m moment like that on the course, there's a million positive moments that people aren't recognizing. And that's the thing that I think that will be interesting to kind of hear him speak to. It's like, bro, it, people get emotional in their sport they get emotional on the football field you don't hear it on the football field they get emotional on the basketball court you don't hear it on the basketball court right you sometimes you see it. you can see basketball players complain at times but you don't get to get a real insight the way you do in golf and so guys are allowed to be passionate about what they're doing and what they're trying to accomplish and and i you know i think I, i'm excited to to kind of get to speak to that especially as somebody who comes from a little bit of a content background you know dude perfect we looked up to them when we first started getting into the industry. Like that's one of the first models that we started. And I know that, you know, the GM golf guys who you hung out with this week, you know, the world has taken notice of what they've been able to accomplish and how they've been able to like enter into a family's home and make you feel like you have this direct relationship. And I think it's an awesome thing. I highly recommend anyone who hasn't check out the documentary. There is awesome insight into 
everything golf, but everything sports and, and what they've done. I'm a big fan and I can't wait to hear John's take on it. Yeah, I mean, let's dive into uh, John. I know he's waiting for us at the 19th hole. I'm super excited to to have him as a guest. I mean, world number two. Um, you know, he's he's been on tour just for a short period of time. He turned professional in 2016. He has 10 professional wins, three on the PGA Tour, six on the European Tour. He was, I think, 2019 uh, Player of the Year on the European Tour. So he's obviously had tons of success, especially yeah. even in the Ryder Cup, right? He brought brought down Tiger Woods and the Sunday singles, which was incredible. So Beast, definitely yeah. excited to hear all of these stories. So let's go ahead and meet John and let's dive right into it. All right. Well, we're joined with uh, world number two, John Rom. What's going on, man? How you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Just uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm dressed up properly for whoever can see it. You can, whoever's listening to the podcast, you won't be able to, but. Well, listen, it's good for us to live over par. It's your uh, job to be way under par, right? So hopefully it's not <laughs> bad jinx. <laughs> my favorite my favorite shirt is the slice one i love that and yeah. the one that had uh the one that's ahead within the friends i don't really know about golf is a tiger exotic one that one sure. uh <laughs> that one is a hit did you watch the tiger king yes kelly yeah. made me watch it more than anything well did you like it i mean it's entertaining but it's not like i enjoyed it but it's just mind baffling the things that happen in this world that's it that's the only way I can explain it. Yeah. Well, obviously I make a lot of memes, but one of the ones I saw that I, I didn't make that made me laugh was just like 10 years ago, if someone told you that Donald Trump was president, you know, the world was on a lockdown from a guy eating a raw bat and the, you know, a gay exotic zookeeper is going to be the number one show on, on TV right now. Would you believe me? <laughs> Probably not. You can add one more that the highest paid running back in the NFL is white. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yes. You can add one more. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I saw that you hadn't even touched a club since uh, the players. Has that changed here recently? I know you're probably gearing back up now that the tour announced the schedule. Yeah, I took six weeks off. Uh, so almost like Rory and like most people. It's, you know, on this line of work, on this sport, you rarely have time to take time off, especially if you play PGA Tour and European Tour. So uh, I think everybody, you know, at first it was only going to be a month. And then when tournaments started dropping and we heard it was going to be two months, it's like, well, you know, you can take easily four weeks off. And when they extended it, we just extended everything, right? It's, uh, I think it would have been really hard to stay in the grind mindset for three whole months and then show up to a tournament and not have ridiculously high expectations or be possibly tired. So uh, I think we all did the same thing, took advantage of it. and. Me and Kelly, we're newly married. We're a couple yeah, more congrats. months in now. Thank you. And uh, we kind of took it as our honeymoon, right? We never had time to go anywhere. We never had really any plans. So I was like, well, let's take this first two, three weeks to just be with each other, enjoy company, enjoy time. And uh, it was about that time till, you know, a little bit of insanity started kicking. <laughs> but it was good. I mean, it, it's been really, really good. But for the wrong reasons and how bad this situation is in the world, I mean, I've I've personally been thankful to just be able to stop and be in my own house for more than a week and a half at a time. Oh, that's great. I mean, obviously, a true test to start the marriage there to be on lockdown with your spouse, but it looks like, looks like you guys made it out okay. So we we haven't been we haven't been struggling in any sense, honestly. It's just I think the one thing we found out is even though you're in the same house for 24 hours, you gotta somehow figure out a way to have separate days. Like she she does her own things, I do my own things. And then you do, you know, communal things, right? It's impossible. The expectation of maybe spend 12 hours a day with the same person and do activities together in the house, it's just impossible. Like you never do it. You don't do, you don't do it with anybody, right? So there'll be moments 
where I wake up, I work out, I do my thing, stuff that I do with myself, and then she wakes up and we have coffee together and we do things. And then, uh, like right now, she's watching the uh, finale of Survivor, right? So she watches a couple of shows. I do something else. You know, it's kind of like back and forth. And and uh, I mean, we haven't had any problems. We've heard of people having problems. Uh, it also helps that she encourages me to play Xbox, which seems to be the biggest problem with couples <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's right. She right before right before we started, she was she was here saying, "Listen, I wish you played more Xbox." So, <laughs> well, take she, that and run with it. She turns into a positive in the sense of. <laughs> She always says, it's like, well, it's free time that I have. I don't know why people complain. <laughs> like, well, I don't know. I have a limit. Like after an hour and a half, maybe two hours on the lucky day, I'm done. And I've heard of people playing seven, eight hours and uh, that's a little ridiculous. Are you, are you on the new Warzone? What's, what's the game of choice? I'm a, I'm a Call of Duty exclusive player. I, I actually travel with an Xbox. And so when I'm on the road, I play as well. Yeah. So she's already used to it. It's not like <laughs> she understands it's, it's a good way for me to to kind of decompress so like especially in majors like after for let's say augusta play 18 holes you're on all day interviews this and that i get home and first thing i do is turn on the xbox and first thing she'll do is something else so like you get 30 minutes of or 40 minutes of just calm down come back to reality and then you can resume with whatever you need to do are you the best call of duty player on the tour i have probably not no idea <laughs> i know bryson grinds a lot of fortnite i don't like fortnite and i was never good at it uh I'm better in Call of Duty a multiplayer than I am in Warzone. But I know there's some gamers out there, so I can't I can't tell you. I don't know. No, it's, there's people that are throwing in those eight to ten hours a day, I'm sure. So, I mean, obviously you take a lot of time off. Are you, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see kind of what players come out of this, you know, refreshed and sure. maybe see this as a positive for their game. How do you think it's going to fit you going back into the season? And obviously you got a really stacked up schedule. Do you feel like mm -hmm. it's going to be a positive for you to make a charge to close the year? Well, it, it's going to be a positive for if somebody gets hot, you know, we have one of those years like Rory in 2014, where you won, you know, two majors and that was WC, WGC in a row. Or when Dustin a few years back when he won three starts in a row, I mean, it's, it's, it's there, right? Cause you can get in a heater and you have majors, WGCs, FedEx cup and, and, nothing in just over two months so it's definitely a possibility hopefully it's me hopefully i'm one of those uh i've uh, even though we've had time off I've, I've been working out every week at least um five days a week i mean i've been taking fitness seriously uh i think at this point bryson weighs more than me which <laughs> i think i was 40 pounds heavier than him not too long ago so you know it's, it's, it's crazy, crazy to see his I'm, transformation I'm, right i'm going the other way <laughs> listen wait he's gaining it somehow yeah, you're looking fit, man. It's a tight shirt. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. So I don't know. I've been working on changing some things, improving things. So I think right now is when we get to the point where maybe I'm just going to play more golf instead of spend time on the range and uh, try to get ready. But hopefully I'm one of those. Uh, at this point for me, it's hard to like control, not the anxiety, but the wanting of competition and play and, and going to be out there. Right. So that first week, it will be hard, you know, it's going to be, I feel like we're all going to be on a horse right before, you know, the gun goes off. It's just waiting, shaking, just, you know, ready to go and then just take off. Are we going to see you in, in uh, Colonial then? Is that the, the first uh, event you have scheduled? Unless, uh, the only chance I don't play is if I get there Monday and I test positive. That's the only way okay. I don't play. Okay. Well, if I'm physically able to, hopefully, yeah. you know, knock on wood. But yeah, so I will, I will play Colonial. I mean, I love that awesome. event and I love the city. So No, it's a great event. We're both in Dallas and we're looking forward to it. So small chance we may do something with the tour around the event just to kind of help kick things back off. But obviously they're taking measures pretty seriously on just making sure everybody's safe and 
I think they're doing the right thing. You know, everything we've seen to. and heard so far. Well, some things came out early that were that weren't completely accurate. I think the Andy Pats already made a statement about things are going to be. Uh, they have to take it seriously. You know, you can't. We're going to be one of the first sports to start, and if all of a sudden you don't take the measures and this, uh, you know, a number of positives, things can get ugly for the PGA Tour, and you know, it could delay everything, and all the possible majors, right? A cup could, you know, be a definite no. So. Uh, let's hope we all stay to what we need to do. Uh, we stay away from each other. It's going to be hard if somebody gets a hole in one or a hole out of something to not, you know, want a high five or something, especially knowing me, the reactions I've had lately to hole outs. Me and Adam go a little crazy on the course. So. <laughs> you had, yeah, you had an epic reaction to your last hole out. That was awesome. It's going to be weird to be like, hey, oh, there we go. <laughs> the fake uh, high let's fives. Keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be slip ups. But the good thing is, obviously, everyone on property is already going to be tested. You know, I think there's going to be that level of confidence to make sure everybody's safe and, and so forth. So if everyone just keeps doing their part, I think we'll be good. But we're anxiously, you know, waiting to get this thing kicked back off and going. Speaking to the Colonial coming back, we're starting to get a little feel for the competition you were talking about. We've got some opportunities coming up the, this weekend to tune in uh, to the first match with, uh, you know, your fellow TaylorMade ambassadors. And then um, next week with, with Tiger and Phil. Any thoughts about what's going to go down this weekend in the match? Well, they're playing Seminole. It's a hard golf course. It's difficult. And I'm guessing, you know, they've, they, they, I think they had to close it for a little bit, so they probably got in pretty good shape with nobody on it for a while with good weather. It's, I mean, if they don't, if they do what Seminole usually does and set it up firm and fast, there could be a lot less birdies than people expect. I'm gonna say that right now. It's not an easy golf course. It's difficult. Birdies are out there, but you know, depending how, also how windy it gets. But obviously, we're talking about some of the best in the world. So uh, I'm expecting some fireworks to come in. It's uh, it should be fun. You had to put your money on one of the teams. Who who'd you be picking? It's Kings game one on one. You never know. You never know. The the only thing you gotta hope is for the both players in the team to not play good on the same holes, right? I mean, kind of ham and egg it. Not the only thing you expect. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to think Ricky and, and Wolf is going to go ahead and take this thing. I don't think anyone's really expecting that, but we'll see. That's that's where my money's going to be. I mean, from what I've seen, it looks like Wolf has been the most active practicing. Uh, DJ seems like started two days ago hitting balls again, but <laughs> that means nothing because he's yeah. the loosest person out there. And then, yeah. well, same with Rory. Those two don't need much, and they'll be, they'll be ready to go. So I don't know about Ricky much, but. I honestly think it's going to be a close call. I don't think it'll be a blowout. Rory's probably r- ridden like 70,000 miles on his Peloton oh, bike God. in quarantine. So <laughs> You could not pay me to get on that thing. Are you serious? Peloton? I'm on it every day. No. My, I'm 240. Well, a little under. No, my ass would hurt so bad going on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I sat on it the other day because Kelly, Kelly grew up biking and doing triathlons and things like that. And, she, and we got one. And uh, I, can, I can't last more than five minutes. I mean... Uh, not for me. I do have a rower and I can row. I say that's something I enjoy, but the bike is not something I enjoy. The, the rower, the rower gets in a similar workout. That's it. I mean, you said you've been working out, so that makes sense. Um, well, what about you? I mean, if you were to jump in to a tailor-made match with someone, you know, who would who would kind of be your ideal choice for a teammate? What would you want to see it be like? Would that be something you'd be interested in in doing yourself? I mean, it's kind of hard not to say Tiger Woods. Uh, just just tell sure. me that. Kind of want him as a partner. It's <laughs> a pretty uh, easy it, answer, right? Yeah, but it all depends. Are they going to be mic'd up? I haven't really looked into it. Are they going to be mic'd up and talking, or is it going to be like a really regular broadcast? Like, that's a thing I haven't seen yet. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it will be to some extent. I don't. I mean, obviously, the match last year was. Hey, we're going to talk 
smack back and forth and throw some wagers out there. I'd imagine that this match will have something similar to that, right? Yeah, so if, if it's there, I feel like Jason Day is uh, somebody who people don't know is really funny. So he uh, he would make it really entertaining as well as being a really good putter. So, you know, he can, he can get uh, some highlights going. But it's just hard not to pick, you know, like Rory, DJ, Jason Day, Tiger, me, you know, and four out of those five, it's, I feel like any any combination would just be would make it for a good uh, a good show. Not that obviously Wolf with the swing and how far he hits it is also a really good uh, a really good show. And Ricky being obviously uh, Ricky, it's I feel like anybody with the TaylorMade stuff you can make it a, you can make it a fun event. It's always fun seeing you guys all get together for those videos and and mm-hmm. especially your Christmas card last year. Have you been wearing that <laughs> pajama onesie around in quarantine at all or no? They said I was gonna be able to keep it. I don't know if I did. That thing was so hot. Well, yeah. Didn't you guys shoot that in the summertime or something? No. Well, no. We were supposed to do it like after East Lake in August, like early September, which would have been bad. We did it in November, but still, I mean, it's humid. It was not the the, the coolest experience. What people don't know is that picture is about as real as a Christmas card can get because it was like 7 a.m. You know, like we yeah. were all there like right after breakfast. Like, are we seriously putting this on right now? Okay, well, let's let's go. Did you know that's what you were getting yourself into that morning or? No. <laughs> that's when, awesome. when those things you just show up and then you get an itinerary of what you're going to be doing. I'm like, yeah. when we all saw a Christmas card and the ones is like, okay, well, I guess we're doing this right now. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> like, awesome. a couple of years ago, the, the gift wrapping, right? The club wrapping uh video like i i don't think i've ever met anybody in my family who's ever wrapped a gift themselves like you basically pay for the service at the place so when they told me that i'm i have no idea how to wrap a present it's like oh have fun go do it okay well that's uh we get a lot of those they try to throw us a couple curveballs and those things and that's why a lot of those videos people might think they're staged they're all about as genuine as they can be no that they're great i love i love checking them out i know um we talked a little bit of, like we mentioned dude perfect before we jumped on mm-hmm. um you know they just launched their documentary these guys have been around doing some amazing things for for quite some time um you know we know that you you've actually been in a dude perfect video right how did that relationship come about uh with those guys and you know just interested to hear about how that evolved and about that video that experience that you were in uh well it was all thanks to to wesley Bryan and the Brian Bros trick shot popularity. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and was... take credit for that then. I'm going to take credit for <laughs> setting that up. Go <laughs> ahead and take it. <laughs> it was, uh, we were at Colonial in 2017. And from what I had, from what Wesley told me, uh, them, so Brian Bros did perfect and Jordan Spieth were supposed to do a video. But then Jordan Spieth won the Masters, so he couldn't make it. Uh, he was kind of busy. So they postponed it, and then when we're in Colonial, uh, Wesley talked to them, and they figured out, let's just do an indoor, one of the battles they used to do, those five, ten-minute videos that, you know, they fill in, and it's just a cool thing to do. So we went, and, uh, yeah, I, I had no idea what was going to happen. I just was going to go meet them. Uh, I was completely about as nervous as somebody can be because I've been following their videos forever, and I was just, you know, it was unique. And, uh, yeah, I, I played the battle, and Wesley was commentating against them. Uh, I mean, it was completely improvised as – they we just showed up. They had a couple of things set up, like this little course, and uh, was, they just said, "Okay, we're gonna figure out what we do right now. Who plays? Who doesn't play? What what are the rules?" And we, you know, as you saw, Wesley made up rules. He did whatever he wanted. Uh, we were there for a while. It was fun. It, it was just fun to do that. That's how it came about. Uh, and then from then on, uh, I hooked him up with uh, with a couple spider putters. Yeah, <laughs> and they got really hot, and they were you know really hard to get. And uh, we created a relationship from there. And then Ty invited me to like a birthday golf weekend 
uh, in his ranch in Texas where they were all there. And that's the story that just came out of where on that golf and the golf course in the middle of nowhere made me pay. Uh, <laughs> I saw more that. than they, more than they make me pay is like they didn't believe it was me, which is the yeah. funny part. Like I have no <laughs> problem paying. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I expect to pay everywhere I go, but uh-huh. I gave him my credit card with my name on it and still didn't believe it was me, which I think is the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so that's, awesome. yeah, I, and I played with them that weekend, and, and that's how the whole relationship came about. Are they pretty good players? I, I, I watched the video of you guys at the Dude Perfect facility. It was great. Uh, but on the course, how good is Tyler and those guys? They, they hit pretty well. Tyler is an athlete. I, I still have to see his sport he's not good at. He's good. Uh, Garrett, this last time uh, when they came to the Phoenix Open, I gave him one little lesson, and I you know, helped him out big time. Uh, and I just think Cody is it's, it's too tall for his own good. <laughs> and the guy, the guy is six five, six six with clubs that are not fitted for him, and, and he does what he can. So I'll, I'll, you, you can tell Ty. Ty is definitely an athlete. You know, if you put in time in golf and lessons, he could be a good golfer. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing to see. And, you know, kind of fun, you know, you talk about the tailor-made content and how you guys try to make it as genuine and authentic. I mean, that's the guys that they are on camera is exactly the guys that they are in real life when you're hanging out with them. And that's one of the things that I love the most. And I went through the documentary here recently. Um, if, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, highly recommend you watch it. It is absolutely awesome. And it shows this real picture of like, like you said, on the course, they're doing their, their videos and their contests and they're just making it up as they go. Like it's a, Hey, we're going to be authentic, but we're, we have no idea what we're doing. The, the best thing I've learned from do perfect is all the stereotype videos they do. They play themselves, which is the funniest thing once you meet them. Right. So when they like, like maybe some of them, they're acting, but for the most part, what they do is what I've seen on the golf course. Like when I watch a stereotypes video on, on YouTube on golf alone, like it's essentially what they do, what each other do on the golf course, like exaggerated, but this is what they would do. And it's so funny because it's true. Like they play themselves and they can make fun of themselves that way, which I think it's a, it's a really cool thing to do. It's uh <laughs> I make fun of him about that all the time, but it's really funny. Well, it's funny you you, you mentioned that because uh, golf stereotypes is probably one of the first dude perfect videos that I'd, I'd seen, and it's still hilarious to this day. So I was gonna ask you, what stereotype would you say fits John Rom after watching that video? Need I say what I need to say? Like, <laughs> I mean, any file and say it, people are gonna get mad in the comments. So obviously, the rage monster would be the more appropriate for me, but obviously, it's a more town downtoned. Yeah, it's just cooled down a ton, actually. I mean, obviously, wearing emotion on your sleeve is there's nothing wrong with that at all, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna throw clubs at anybody. I'm not gonna light anybody on fire. I'm not gonna do anything like they do on the videos. Crosses my mind, maybe sometimes, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm not gonna do it. No, listen, it just shows your competitive nature and your your will to win. Yeah. So there's nothing I mean, wrong with I, that at all. A lot of those stereotypes are more for like amateur golfers, right? We all know the one person who takes way too many golf practice swings. We all know that. We all know the one who thinks who's going to reach the group in front every single time. Uh, we all know the one who's trying to, you know, save a couple of points or a couple of shots in each hole. This, you know, it's uh, everything you see. And even the other sports is just true how it is. Like it, it, it's, I can, I know one person for each one. And unfortunately maybe one person that could be more than one of those. Uh, and I fit some categories as well. So that's what makes it so relatable and so fun. I can, I can, myself point at myself and say i know for a fact that travis fits into a lot of those categories himself as well so <laughs> yeah not a great golfer that's for sure so hey we're kicking things back off of the season obviously there's not going to be any fans uh at mm-hmm. the, for however many events it's obviously undetermined at this point you know we talked about it on our podcast last week that just 
hey, just because Texas has opened up and we, it might be a great state to start the tour uh, back up and going doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the same story next week or the week after because obviously you guys are moving all over the place. Um, you know, hopefully towards the tail end of the year, things change and people can come in and spectate and just get the sport back to normal. Um, you know, curious your take about playing without fans. Obviously you have pretty sizable galleries that are going to be following you and the featured groups. You know, is that something that, you know, you think will benefit you as a player or you think that, you know, you'll miss having the spectators there supporting you guys? We'll miss them. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if scoring average is higher because I don't think people realize how much uh, having a gallery on the side of the on, of the fairway or even the grandstands around the greens can help. I yeah. think, That's interesting. Oh, yeah, especially Colonial. If you know Colonial, behind every single green, there's a drop-off and runs away. You're in Bermuda greens. 17, and even Jordan Spieth. I don't want to take anything from Jordan Spieth's win in 2017, okay? Jordan Spieth is a great player and deserves that win. But he shot in 17 when he caught a flyer of the rough and hit the grandstands, and then he dropped in and chipped in right next to the green. If that, if there's no grandstands there, that ball is 50 yards over the green on, next to 14 with trees on the way and a nearly impossible up and down. So that's where it comes in. I have played to the grandstands on the 18th in Mexico. I missed, the pin was in the back. I missed the fairway left, and I 100% purposely hit a low six iron to hit the grandstands in the hopes I would have hit and bounced in the fairway or into the green. And it didn't. I just dropped next to the green, and I got up and down. Like, you can... Grandstands can be there in your favor. It can happen, especially in Colonial Country Club. It, it's just, it happens because the greens, the drop-off behind the greens is so severe that you can get more uh, more help than anything else. Uh, and also galleries. I mean, sometimes your ball is just slicing and it hits somebody and stops going deep into the trees. It just happens in a lot of places. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if scoring averages are a little bit higher or if you see more pros hitting balls out of bounds. Oh, that's interesting, interesting to see for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, it makes sense. I mean, I guess I didn't even think about it. Like, obviously, there's no fans going to be there, but I didn't even think twice about, hey, they're not going to build these grandstands up and have them be at the tournament. Um, obviously, like Phoenix Open, you know, they're building that stadium, you know, half the year, right? But these other tournaments, it's what, like six, eight weeks out, they're putting them up. So waste of money and resources to do that. So I didn't even think about that. You, you lose the atmosphere. You, you lose the atmosphere. That's what you do. I mean, there's some holes in, uh, on that event. 16, 17, and 18 on almost all events, the atmosphere is great. So you're going to lose that, right? You're going to lose that, that factor. And then if somebody makes a 30-footer to win, I don't know what the reaction is going to be because there's nobody there. I mean, if you're yelling, it's just you yelling. That's about it. <laughs> like, it's uh, it's going to be a little different. I hope we see some of the fake like the fake high fives, you know, pretty much like like what Stevie and Tiger used to do, like unintentional uh, missed high fives and stuff. We'll probably see some of that stuff. Uh, so there's been a lot of talk about Ryder Cup. Obviously, you played your, their first Ryder Cup um, you know, a couple of years ago. I mean, what are your thoughts on maybe playing that without fans? I mean, obviously going to play the Charles Schwab Challenge, you know, everyone's going to gear up to go do that without fans. Ryder Cup, you're playing for – you know, your country and, you know, everything. So what are your thoughts on, you know, lacing them up, going out there and playing with, without any spectators? Not worth it. If you play, play with, without spectators and not the Ryder Cup, it's just two teams of 12 players having an exhibition match on TV. That's exactly what it is. He loses complete touch of what the Ryder Cup is. I mean, so for most of the Ryder Cup, right, Friday and Saturday, you have four matches on the golf course. And there's 40, 50, 60,000 people, depending on, the, on where it is. The atmosphere is unique. The Ryder Cup in Paris, the first tee is what it is because of the stands on the tee and, and the atmosphere and the chance. And 
I mean, would you play a Super Bowl without spectators? No, I mean, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine a regular season football game without fans. I mean, it's can just you imagine be Phelps, crazy. Yeah, can can you imagine Phelps winning all these gold medals with nobody there? Like, I, from my perspective, though, while we're here, I'm begging to see something competitive. I want I to it. see you go out and and compete against somebody. I mean, you and and I'll, and we'll ask you about this. You, one of your greatest accomplishments i would imagine is you took down tiger in a sunday match at the Ryder cup right and i'd love for you to speak to that but like for me i would give anything to be able to sit down and watch you and tiger battle it out on a sunday at a Ryder cup right now even if i'm not able to hear the loud cheers and chants like what do you does that have any impact on the thought process there i, I get that people want to watch sports but the Ryder cup is the one event where we don't play for ourselves right every other week of the year we play selfishly it's an individual sport you play for yourself you play to win and that's it when you play in the Ryder cup you represent in the u.s you represent in your country you represent in the continent right in our case so it's not just for you and it's also right to have the support that the team wants over there right so it's like i don't think it would be fair for the u.s to play a Ryder cup in the u.s with no fans because the fans the atmosphere of the fans definitely helps it's it makes what it makes the Ryder Cup what the Ryder Cup is. Man, and, and the U.S. needs any help they can get right now when it comes to the Ryder Cup. So I mean, you guys have just been destroying us. So I mean, it would definitely well, be I, helpful. I've only been a part of one. I only contributed one point, but <laughs> talk to Rory Poulter. You know, all the other guys that haven't played in all of those. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's funny because the one the, the last one that was here in the U.S. at Hazeltine, we the United mm -hmm. States did win. Um, But, man, I just you guys just have our number for the most part. And, you know, it was just a cool environment going there. It did feel like you were actually at a football game. I mean, fans were a little mm -hmm. bit more unruly. I mean, Danny Willett had just come off his win, and his brother made some uh, ill comments towards Americans, and they were all over Danny, which was unfortunate to see. But it was like – it was – you know, you had that home-field advantage, and it was yeah. really just hype. I mean, it was – everyone was decked out in their, you know, colors and stuff. And just to, mm -hmm. to imagine you guys out there playing without anybody would be – really odd the Ryder cup is the Ryder cup because of the fans not the players that's the best way i can put it that's a, that's a fair perspective is the one person here who's never attended a Ryder cup i see i, I, I gotta okay. look at you guys i would like to i would like to see if we do play with our fans which i think none of us would refuse to play right obviously we will uh we'd rather see it with fans i would be curious to see to tell you to like if you actually watch a Ryder cup you know, on TV, like everybody else, normally, like most of the people, and then you go to the next Ryder Cup in person and experience what it's like. I mean, I can't, I can't even explain how much better it would be to be in part of the atmosphere, right? Win or lose, just being part of that, I can't explain how much better it is. Like, essentially, every single sport is better to see on TV. Like, you want to watch more and better on TV, but you go because of the atmosphere and the part of being part of that, and that's where you go, and that's You know, unless you're front row in a basketball game, you're not going to see much better anywhere else, right? So it's the same thing. At Whistling, at Whistling Straits is a great course, and it's, I'm excited to see it at that venue. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, so hopefully everything gets better, you know, as we continue to move along, and we don't even have to worry about that. So uh, you, you mentioned first tee at the Ryder Cup. Was that one of the most nervous moments you've had as a professional? It's about up there with the first time I teed it up at Augusta. It's, uh, it's uh, I mean, obviously it's, it's higher because it's a little bit different, but yeah. Uh, Freak out city. That's all I can say. Complete freak out. <laughs> it, not oh. only that, it's like even warming up and you hear the chants, like I'm warming up and all I can think of is that first tee. Like it's just, 
you hope you make contact with the ball. You hope it goes somewhere where you can play it afterwards and just move on. That's it. That's all that we, I think that's all I had in mind. That's what I think most of us have in mind. And from what I've talked to people, it doesn't get better over the years. Like, even if you play 10 Ryder Cups at first tee, it's just still, it's just as hard. It's just because the, you can feel like, I mean, the electricity in the air. It's, it's crazy. It's unlike anything else anybody, like any of us would experience. You can feel it on TV. I mean, it's crazy to see the grandstands and everyone just, you know, and then just you've got the, the, you know, the celebrities or different athletes that are there supporting, you know, each team and stuff. It's just incredible. So hopefully it's just what we've always grown, you know, familiar to see. And we just see that again here this fall. It'd be great. Yeah. I mean, we, we all want to play, right? It's we we already lost the Olympics. It's, I hope we can do it with spectators. I hope things get better uh, soon. Uh, it doesn't look like it, I don't think, but who knows? I think, I think the PGA Tour is going to be a great litmus test to just kind of see, like, how does this go? How do we improve past the first four weeks? And, you know, how are players taking to it? How are employees taking to it, volunteers? And just kind of continue on from there. Yeah, exactly. So your match with Tiger, though, that you had, I know Joe brought this up. I mean, I, I heard you talk recently about that experience and finding out you're playing him. But, I mean, where does that rank? I mean, obviously, I'm not sure you grew up, like, a huge Tiger fan. I'm not sure. Uh, a lot of players obviously looked up to Tiger and still do. Um, I mean, what was that experience like? And has it really even like hit you really yet about really what that was? I mean, that's just huge. No, it, 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 yeah, no, it hit me right in the moment. I was aware. Uh, I'm usually a person that processes things afterwards. Uh, but it, it, right in that moment, I was really aware of what, what was going on and, and, and what I was doing. Uh, and I grew up being a Tiger fan, a huge Tiger fan, obviously, very influenced from because of what he did and, and what he's done for the game of golf. Uh, and to have the opportunity, not only the first Ryder Cup, but to earn my first Ryder Cup point on a Sunday single against Tiger, it's unique. It's, it's a unique opportunity. Even though there was a chance that, you know, the first, because we were 10-6, and that was the fourth match, I knew there was going to be possibly possibly if the Europeans won the first three matches, I could win the point to win the Ryder Cup or to retain it, which would have been really cool. Uh, but still, uh, I was actually the first full point on the board for the Europeans that day. So uh, still equally important. And then doing it against Tiger, it, it was tough because what many people don't know is right before Eastlake, I'd taken my wisdom teeth out. So I didn't, I didn't have any solid food until like Friday of Eastlake or something like that. So when I got to the Ryder Cup, I was completely dead. I mean, I was so tired. I, I didn't sleep on the flight over overnight because I was too excited. I was having a hard time sleeping there. I was weak. And uh, actually, as the week was, uh, was, uh, went on, I felt better, right? So Friday and Saturday, I played bad. Things didn't go very well. And the more the more went on, the better I felt. And that's why on Sunday, I played it so much better than I did the first few days. And kind of unexpected because I played so bad. I was like, seriously, I'm playing Tiger Woods, which essentially this golf course kind of works for him because he doesn't have to hit drivers. He's the greatest iron player that there is. He's a great potter. I'm like, oh, cool. It's uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, but, you know, I, I've spoken about it many times. I spoke to Thomas Bjorn, uh, gave me the best advice, and Tommy Fleetwood motivated me a lot over Tiger. Uh, but Thomas Bjorn told me, it's like, Tiger doesn't make mistakes. Uh, he's going to capitalize from your mistakes. So you need to hit the fairway. You need to hit the grain. You need to two putts. Like you need to expect him to make putts. Uh, and just not give him anything to run away with. And I'm like, okay, like I'm not somebody known for not making mistakes. So uh, how about yeah, you put Frankie in my yeah. place? Like, I'm like, 
fine, whatever. Uh, even though I'm a consistent player and I like the golf course, I played good there before. So I talked to my mental coach. And then the next morning I was really focused that day on kind of forget that you're playing with Tiger Woods, right? And just deal with your own world. Like, I think it's really easy to get caught up when he was do- on what he does, what he's doing, and especially match play because you're trying to beat the guy in front of you. And I'm like, just don't look at him, don't see anything. Just, just focus on yourself. And I, I was so in the moment. Apparently, Kelly told me this afterwards. I walked by Michael Jordan going to the first tee. I don't, re- I don't, I never saw him. I had no idea he was there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Laser so focus, huh? And I, and I just went on. Yeah. It does help when you start with a birdie and a great par on two. I started birdie, oh, yeah. par, birdie. So starting like that yeah. helps a lot. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone wants to like – I mean, I'm sure everyone deep down is like, man, I want to go against Tiger on a Sunday or, you know, let alone a Ryder Cup. I mean, Abraham Answer came out and publicly said he wanted to play Tiger in the President's Cup. And, you know, that he got his shot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, like I made a few jokes about it just because it was like he, he – threw that out there right for everybody to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you got to say like, Hey, the guy's just speaking his mind, speaking the truth and who wouldn't got that opportunity. It. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, but you know, Tiger went out and gave him his best shot and won that, that event. But yeah, to, to have that, I mean, you've accomplished a lot in your young career already as an amateur, mm-hmm. as a pro um, that's got to be right up there. I think with what you've accomplished for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's uh, at the top. It, it's, it's not, it's a little different to what you feel when you're playing individual events, right? I mean, I've done many things I'm really proud of, but that is because of the atmosphere on the 17th green and how I played the last hole and just being the Ryder Cup and my first point and some family emotion in there is what made it. I don't think I'm going to feel anything that satisfying on a golf course probably ever. Like, I don't know if I will. Yeah, well, if, if we have time, I'll get into it. Uh, it's, well, first of all, three putt in 16, right? I mean, huge mistake. There we go. What I wasn't supposed to do. And, uh, well, I was still focused and I was like, I'm one up, finish part part. I probably win. It's hard to finish birdie birdie on that golf course. So hit that tee shot, you know, I'm in the fairways in the rough. I hit it on the green and I mean, it's about five feet right edge putt about as easy. If you can give me a putt, it's always going to be a right edge putt, you know, something right to left short. I'm always going to love that. Perfect. Uh, my grandpa had just died. Uh, the PGA that year. So I think it was a month before the Ryder Cup. And his dream was always to be there. And it wasn't there, but it's it's unfortunate. So I'm looking when I'm looking at the break and doing my routine, uh, I remember it. You know, I remember I was like, man, he really loved this. And like, I kind of, I'm looking at the pod and everything, but I'm more thinking on that. And like, you know, he's going to help me here. And then I always have my routine when I have to take three practice strokes. I go back, you know, focus on the final point I want to aim and then go and hit it. Uh, as I'm stepping back, if it's, as if I don't have enough already with being against Tiger to win the match, this and that, somebody in the crowd in Spanish yells, do it for Sevi. And I'm there like, I'm a huge Sevi fan. I mean, it's influenced a lot what I've done. And I'm like, holy cow. If you hear the routine, you see the routine, the video, I think is I take a stutter step and take like five extra seconds to realize, like, are you fucking kidding me? Wow. <laughs> like, like, are you going to add more to what I already have? So the way right. I felt on my shoulder was ridiculous. <laughs> but then I that thought about it. just got a lot smaller, that's for sure. Yeah. No, it's not only that. It's like, I was like, I, I wasn't even thinking about the part. I was like, seriously. And then in my mind, it went, I'm like, you know what? I got Sevi, the spirit of the Ryder Cup with my grandpa, looking at me from above. My grandpa's probably, you know, bugging Sevi about golf stuff and, and whatever, just, you know, filling his head and probably telling him jokes like he was. I was like, there's no way 
this putt is not going in right now. There's no way with all that in mind, like what I, I felt, it's like you feel something from above, like there's no way this isn't going in. So I go in with about as much confidence as I've ever stepped up to a putt, hit it. And with a foot to go, I know it's in. And that's when I start celebrating early. So that, that reaction is everything there, right? It's for my grandpa's, for the Ryder Cup, it's for Seve, it's for my 10-year-old me beating Tiger. It's my first point in the Ryder Cup. It's everything. So that's why that moment. And then I, I later I realized how many people were on that green because I didn't, I didn't see it. I had no idea. And, and you know, that's when to see that. And then, uh, you know, when I had my caddy and all that, Rory McIlroy is the first one to come and give me a big hug. And then Justin Rose. I mean, you have icons of the game. That atmosphere, uh, I, I know possibly winning a major championship or making a putt to win like that can feel really good. But, the, you know, the, come, uh, the, the team effect on that makes it feel so much better. But I don't think I'll ever feel something like that really ever again unless I have a chance to win the Ryder Cup with my last putt like Martin Geimer did. Yeah, that was – the dagger, man. That 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 Ryder Cup was insane. So sorry. I mean that. <laughs> I wasn't there, but sorry for mentioning. It. <laughs> no, no. But at the same time, like what you just said, when you first said that, in my mind, I was like, okay, I see that now. But when you first when you first major, you know, it, that'll probably change, right? And you're a guy that I expect to be very successful, win many majors, do very well. And, and, and when you get that first major, you have that expectation. But after you share that, like, whirlwind of emotion, everything that goes into it, it's a fair perspective. I mean, you may be – you're right. There may never be a moment that you feel all of that in one instance. Oh, yeah. Sa- same as that T-shirt on 17. I mean, like, what people don't know is – because you guys don't see this and you can't hear what we're thinking, right? But, like, I missed that putt and automatically I see Thomas Bjorn right next to the green. Tiger's going, you know, with his – walk like military walks to the tee like i got him now and thomas bion is coming to me like you know like the tiger is really like i'm the prey right now and and they're coming to me try to copy down and him and rosie and all the people like, hey, you still want up and i'm like in my mind if you know me when i mess up i get mad and i'm like this is it you know stop messing around freaking winning on 17 right so that's where my mind said i'm like you're one up go win it you know nobody's gonna give it to you. so i'm like legitimately pissed like pissed off and i'm like you know let's do this and I got Thomas, everybody coming to me, hey, like, you're okay. And in my mind, they're talking. I'm like, shut the F up. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. Like, I don't, like, I got this. Like, move. Give me, you know, just, just let me. Like, obviously, I didn't say, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, thank you. But in my mind, is, and if you ask anybody who knows me, especially Kelly, she'll be able to tell you. Like, that's exactly what's in my mind. I was like, just, just shut up. You know, leave me alone. I, I know what I need to do. Just leave me, leave me be. Yeah, and that's why that driver came out the way he did. It's just a whole lot of anger after the three putt that came up to that. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, you know, we'll see. I think the the U.S. doesn't really have that team chemistry that you guys have. I mean, it's just it, it's it's you can see it as a spectator on TV, just in even being at one Ryder Cup. Just the, all of you guys just seem like you click a lot more than what you're seeing on the U.S. side, and that's that just goes a long way in the team play. You know, you don't in golf you don't see very much of it. I can't tell you honestly. Uh... I don't know what happens on the U.S. side. I can only tell you what happens on the European side, and I'm not going to say much just in case. I was going to say, would you mind sharing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, there's, there's, no, there's no secret, honestly. It's just, I don't know. I honestly have no I've only been part of one. I can't tell you that much. I, just, I really don't know. All right, well, I'm sure you'll be part of many, many more. So, I mean, you're, you're right there. You're world number two right now on the heels of Rory. Uh, I mean, obviously, you were at the top as an amateur 
um, I mean, obviously that's got to mean a great deal to you to reach the, the, the pinnacle of golf rankings. Correct. I mean, do, do players like talk shit about like rankings and like, do they, you know, boast about it with each other? Or is it kind of just, Hey, we are what we are. And that's it. Well, if they're friends, they might like, if I'm with Phil, yeah, we'll talk trash. But with Phil, things escalate really quickly, and I can't argue against five majors, right? So it's just <laughs> it gets to a point. But uh, like I wouldn't do that to Rory, or if I ever go past him, I wouldn't say anything. Like I, I'm not a major trash talker unless you do it really, do it a lot to me. Like I will do it, but uh, I'm not. I usually led the clubs to the talking. That's that's kind of I've, I've always worked on. But there's people out there that do. No, yeah, I can speak to that. Yeah, too. we don't mess around with that. I can speak to that too. I was uh, I was at the British Open, the Open Championship. Sorry, the Open Championship uh, at Carnoustie uh, two years ago on the tee box with Austin Cook, and uh, a ball rolls up on the tee box. I don't remember what hole we were on, but rolls up onto the tee box we're teeing off of, which is right next to the par four green that you have to drive over the burn to hit it onto the green. And everybody turns around and looks, and it's like did somebody just hit a ball here on their tee shot? And then Rom comes walking down the fairway and everybody's like, Oh my gosh, it had to be wrong. Cause you're I the only that? guy. Yeah, it, it was, it was in a practice round. It was in a practice round and you what were just checking. Man, I wish I remembered. It, Carnoustie? It was, yeah. Carnoustie short par four. There was oh, burn. On three on three on three. Yes. Yeah. And you hit it right up on us, and none of us could believe that your ball had just rolled up to this point because we were all we had all hit iron. They had all hit iron. Everybody I was playing with, I was with Landry and Cook, so you know, not as long of hitters, obviously. And and your ball rolled up, and nobody could believe that John had just hit a ball to this point. So I've seen the firsthand look of John Rom letting his clubs do the talking. It's pretty amazing. It's, uh, and the thing with golf is, it's got a funny way of humbling you down real quick. So, you know, if you start talking, talking trash, especially against the best in the world, like if you do it with DJ or, or Rory or places or things like that, you know, it's going to humble you real, really quick. Uh, it's, it's how it is. There's somebody, there's always a player out there that can do something better than you and, and they can always use that against you. So, uh, unless you're Tiger Woods, not many of us can talk trash, really. Like that's, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fun to see the, the back and forth banter in some of these matches, obviously, because, you know, they get to relax a little bit. But um, I had a couple more questions for you. And we'll we'll kind of we'll let you go. I know you're probably pressed for time. But we uh, one of the things that I thought was, uh, you know, we've I've made a few memes over my, my time. You've been included in a couple of those. One that stood out to me, and it's been a little bit of time that's separated between then and now is your experience at the players where uh, you and your caddy had a little bit of a, yeah. uh, a, a disagreement on, I guess, what club yeah. selection or so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a picture surfaced. I mean, obviously, there's no situation to laugh at. It sucked. But uh, the picture surfaced. You were, like, looking down in a way, and your caddy just had this look of just, like, dude. You know, and it was, it was just, like, this picture had – you know, pictures are worth a million words. This one was worth, like, 50 million words. But, I mean, that experience, walk us through what happened there. And, I mean, it's – Man, does yeah, that happen often yeah. on the course where you guys, you know, disagree on stuff? And oh, yeah. It's the first time where it didn't work out. We disagree all the time. Like, that's what people don't really hear. We disagree, but both me and Adam know that ultimately is my decision. It's the first time he ever really was really adamant about me not doing something. It was the first time ever. And uh, the thing is, as a player, I think I was, yeah, I was tied for the lead at that point. Um, 
And as a player, you always think you're capable of doing all these great things. My swing wasn't feeling good, but it was just like a little hooky eight iron around the trees, right? I know it's a shot that I can pull off vast majority of the time, especially what I was trying to do. I could just overhook it 20 yards and I'm on firm land with a lot of green to work with and give myself a birdie chance, right? If I laid up realistically, it was hard to hit it inside 15 feet, which still obviously I would have taken at this point, but um, that's where we were at. And uh, the way it would happen is I asked Adam, what do you think? And usually, usually 99.9% of the time, the answer has been hit a hydro right at the pin. This was the first time he ever said something I didn't expect. So that's where th things were thrown off, right? And then I kind of just uh, made up, not excuses, but I was just trying to, you know, argue my point of view when usually in the past I've been like, I just see it, you know, I feel the shot. And as a caddy, he gets like when somebody like us or like me said, I feel it, he gets out of the way, right? So I failed to tell him like, I feel this shot, let me do it, it's all on me. And uh, maybe I wasn't 100% sure, maybe I shouldn't have done it. And I was, uh, you know, asking for reassurance. And when he disagreed, it kind of, you know, felt eh, a little un unsure. And then I grabbed the eight iron and rushed the whole routine, chunked it and went in the water. Even after chunking it, it wasn't that far away from being at least on the greenside bunker, right? So it wasn't that 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 hard of a shot, but uh, maybe the rogue simple stands and and then well, that's why when I live when I leave and that's what people see, people think I get mad at him. I'm mad at myself, right? That's why I said I was so effing sure about it before, is because I was confident I could do it. Had I not asked and be like, I'm doing this, this would have been a, not that I would have won the tournament, but I can almost guarantee that ball wouldn't be in the water. And it's things you learn from. Like, maybe I shouldn't have been, you know, I shouldn't have done it. But that's not the reason why I lost the tournament. Because on the 15th tee, I was tied for the lead again. You know. No, for I, sure. I, I lost that tournament because I couldn't hit a fairway that day. That's why I lost yeah. the tournament. It's just some of these jokes write themselves in a way. Like, I'd never thought that you you were pissed off at Adam by any means. But just the picture never. itself comes out. And you're like, oh, wow. Like, there's so many ways to go with this oh, yeah. thing. And so, I mean, as a player, I don't know if, like, you see those jokes or those memes or, mm -hmm. you know, whatnot. Like, do you look at those and be like, you know, fuck that guy or whatever. Or do you see it and kind of laugh at yourself? Later no, and be like, All right, you know, okay, that's funny. The one thing people don't know about me, I can laugh at myself. I have no problem exposing myself. And when I do something stupid, I laugh, honestly, like, unless you're really taking a personal dig at me without knowing me or my family or something, I'm not going to get mad. Like it's me. Like if I, I realize when I'm doing something stupid and I get it, and that's why my relationship with Adam is great. Like many people don't know last year in Riviera, this is a complete reverse case. <laughs> um, on the third hole and I had a great shot, right? Great shot lands a foot from the hole and it just releases to the French, uh, just off the green. And I have to chip it. Uh, can't put it. I'm like, great. The third hole I rip, uh, the fourth, sorry. It's really, really difficult, right? A par goes long ways and even hitting inside 30 feet. It's an amazing shot. So I'm there and I'm like, man, I hit this great shot, blah, blah, blah. I'm complaining to myself because the ball's not a foot. I'm just being stupid. And then I hit a chip. It checks on me. I just didn't get the best contact. I hit it six feet short and lip out. <laughs> and we're walking down the fairway of five. And I mean, I hit a good tee shot. And I'm going with like, damn, you know, I mean, I hit a perfect iron, perfect chip, perfect putt. I make a bogey, this and that and whatever. And Adam is like, all right, John, let's be realistic. You hit a great shot. The chip was fucking terrible. And it wasn't a good putt. And I look at him like, oh, you caught on high. I couldn't fool you. And we both just start dying 
on the green because I'm like trying to convince him that I'm hitting the right shots and I'm the unluckiest person in the world. And it just calls my bluff and it's like, dude, that was terrible. Like he looks at me like that. That was a bad chip. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I can't fool you, can I? And we're both laughing on the green. And those are things you don't see. I mean, we do that so often. Like he gets, when I'm trying to, like when I sometimes, and that's what's helped that a lot to me, like a lot of credit to him. Like, I don't want to stop getting mad. I want to stop whining. That's what I want to stop doing. And like, when he sees me get into that, he'll tell me. Like, instead of feeding into, oh yeah, you got so unlucky. He's like, dude, that was a bad shot. Like, that's about, that's a, that's all you can say. Like, you you messed up, period, go on. And uh, like that, it's just funny moments because it's true. It was a horrible chip. Like, it was so bad. I was trying to somehow convince him or myself that I had hit the right chip. It's- Those are the stories that are great though, man. It's like, like you guys are, you know, dialed in, you're serious, you're playing for money, you're playing for points, history, all those things. So, I mean, you can't really probably be yourself out there on the course. So to hear those stories in the back and forth banter with, with caddies is great because it humanizes you guys. And you guys are all just, you know, normal dudes, just, you know, playing Xbox, chilling at home, you know, you're just great right. at golf and, you know, you're specialized with golf and, you know, everyone wishes they were as good and as great as you guys. Yeah. But, hey, you make mistakes as well. Yeah. You know, I wish, like, honestly, I wouldn't take anything back from that situation on 11 from the way I react. Like, oh, yeah, I got mad. Maybe not say the F word on TV. That's about it. But, like, I wasn't mad at him. And he knows that. He, he was maybe mad at me for not, like, I'm mad at not committing more. That's what I'm mad at. Not any, nothing else. Like, and you learn and move on. Yeah, you right, learn. Those who learn from those types of it. yeah, those who learn from those stuff. That, that's who you're going to become. Become better. You become great because you're going to learn from mistakes that you make in the past. So, I guess with with closing, I want to ask you. So, obviously, like we mentioned before, you've accomplished a ton in your your young career. The season has definitely been condensed. It's you, you know you alluded to you know whoever can catch fire is definitely going to benefit. You know, hopefully that's you. You can you know catch fire, get your first major, win a few events. But what? What do you look at for the rest of this year? What would be an accomplished, like a successful 2020 for John Rahm? I mean, if you to end the year like with this, you'd feel good and accomplished with with what you've done. I have no idea. Uh, things have changed so much, and I don't want to be negative, but who knows how things work out with the PGA Tour and and how many events we do play? Because I mean, we have yeah, we do have Colonial. Uh, we go to uh, RBC, Hilton Head, and then we do go to Connecticut, right? The Northeast is not doing too hot. And then from there, you go to Detroit. Are we going to be able to play those events? Uh, who knows? Like the players that might get uh, positive tests, but they're asymptomatic. How does that affect the tour? Like, like who knows how these things are going to go? Who knows what events we're going to – are we going to play the U.S. Open? Who knows? Like, it, it's, it's truly – we don't know what's going to happen now. If it all stays like this, uh, obviously, uh, I've been able, I've been fortunate to be able to win in both tours. I've been able to win in the European Tour multiple times in one year. Uh, I would love to be able to get multiple wins on the PGA Tour one year. Start with that. Uh, obviously, I'll take one, uh, but hopefully, I can get more than one. Uh, and majors, I just don't even know where we're gonna play. I mean, California, San Francisco is a bad spot. New York is a bad spot. Uh, I don't know, but if we can play. Uh, Obviously, I want to give myself a chance on Sunday. I want to win a major, obviously. That's what I play for. Every time I tee it up, I want to win. It would be pretty incredible to win the Masters, given that it's going to be played in November, right? To be, you know, the most unique Masters that's ever True. been held. That would be pretty cool. My birthday is that week, too, so hopefully. The yeah. star and the moon is aligning right now for you, dude. Here we go. <laughs> if, I, if, I told you, if I told you my birthday, uh, Kelly's mom's birthday is the Monday after. 
one of my good friends' birthday is that Sunday. Uh, my physical therapist's birthday is that Friday. Uh, I have so many people around me that have birthdays that week. It's ridiculous. Wow. All right, you so if anyone you're tuning in sure. right now, go ahead and put your money on John Rom to win oh, the 2020 no, Masters. Let's not, let's not start this. No, no, no. Let's, let's not start that. There's a lot of people with birthdays in November. If, if that was true, yeah. I mean, I have one in November a couple of times, so maybe that's the reason why. Yeah, there you go. It's your month, man. <laughs> no, it'd be great to see, man. We're rooting for you. We're big fans, and hopefully we get Thank to see you. you when you come out to Colonial. So. Appreciate your time today and just good luck to My pleasure. you and Thank Kelly you to, you know, get through all this. And, you know, once you kick off the season, hopefully you get a lot of success. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, keep doing a good job. You get some funny posts. I can say that. And it makes me laugh. So, <laughs> All right, man. We'll take it easy. We appreciate on you, okay? you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All Bye. right. See you, John. Take care. Take Bye. All right. Well, that was awesome. Super stoked to be joined by Rom. What, what awesome stories and uh, insight. And I'm, I'm fired up to see what he – brings to the table this year I mean he's had a little bit of a layoff but like you said you know, got to spend a lot of time with the wife kind of an extended honeymoon but man he's knocking on the door to be world number one he's fighting for that first major you know he got another Ryder Cup ahead of him so I'm, I'm excited man it's gonna be a really good year for him I gotta tell you man first of all the stories that he shared that in, in the emotion behind him that's something special I there were you know I, I like I said I, I've met Ron a handful of times unbelievably nice guy but but what he shared today, I mean, I I became a, a much bigger fan. I'm a I'm I am rooting for him. And earlier this year, you know, when everything was tracking, I thought Rory McIlroy. I thought this was the year he gets it done uh, at the Masters. And I think I might be changing my pick to John Rahm. Oh, dude, with all those birthdays in November and everything going on, I mean, it's I'm the, I'm a believer in that kind of stuff. And like, I just think like the guy's knocked on the door so many times uh in top fives top tens and majors you know he's he's a young guy obviously but he's so competitive he's such a good player um and just good dude and, you know i love doing this podcast for the sole reason of those stories like just you know i watched that Ryder cup you know everyone was all eyes on tv watching you know him and tiger play and you, you know you you think that you know what's going on in these guys head like oh they've got to be you know sweating bullets or you know they've got to be just super confident or whatever it may be you think like to to hear like hey i'm thinking about my grandfather i'm thinking of savvy i'm thinking about you know my country i'm thinking about my captain you know like all that stuff you're like holy cow i would have missed that putt <laughs> like like way like way i would have pushed that thing 5 feet to the right or whatever you know and so it's it's really guys cool are, to hear all that different. you know these guys they really are different. Built different, man. It's uh, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, for you and I, we step up and feel the pressure of the putt, and it's like, oh man, I, oof, it's a knee knocker. And these guys step up and feel the pressure of the putt, and there's like, how could I miss? And I love that. I think it's awesome. And, and the insight on the caddy as well. I mean, that's that's one thing that's interesting to me is you don't get to see a lot of interactions between player and caddy. The interactions you remember between player and caddy usually aren't the most positive interactions. And for you to get to get an inside look of like, Hey, caddies challenge us. It's what they do. And it's my decision what I go with, but they're supposed to challenge me and they're supposed to call me out and they're supposed to make me better. I love that. I love that insight. Really cool. No, that was cool. You never get to hear those types of things. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like I, I, I love that because it humanizes these guys and you know, it's good to hear him and Adam are still, you know, super tight and you know, they yeah. help each other get better and then just the the last thing too I thought was really interesting was just the, the his perspective on the Ryder Cup. I, I agree with it. It's hard as a spectator and as a fan. I think you were alluding to this more during the interview is like, well, hey, look, we're dying for the Ryder Cup, dude. So if they want you to play it with no fans, do it, you know, because we're going to sit back and we're going to watch it. You know, we're going to have a good time. 
But I get it. I mean, they're playing for more than just themselves that week. And I have been to a Ryder Cup. It is different. And it's just, I can't imagine them playing without fans there. So, you know, Brooks came out and said that same thing. Um, Obviously, Brooks always takes heat uh, for speaking his mind. But it was good to hear, you know, John having that same perspective. I think a lot of players probably have that same perspective as well, just hearing how John's thinking about it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, it got me thinking you know, in my head. I'm like, hey, is it going to be weird? Am I going to be cheering the same way watching that, you know, if there are no fans out there cheering? And, and, you know, you start thinking about things like, hey, when the NBA starts to come back, you know, and they're running down the court, are they going to have the defense playing over the speaker? What's it going to be like? like are, is it just going to be a bunch of guys running up and down a court? you know, taking shots. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Will you cheer the same? Will you root for your team with the same passion? I'd like to think so, but it's a fair point. I mean, it, you know, fans make sports great. So yeah. be interesting, man. I just want to go to sleep, wake up and have this all behind me and just feel like it's back to normal. So we'll see. I mean, we got to inch step by step and, and get there. So, but super excited for him to be joining us. That was a great episode. Uh, looking forward to the matches over the next uh, couple of weekends Big shout-out to our friends at Mizzen and Main again for uh, sponsoring the pod. Go check them out at MizzenandMain.com. Go pick up some gear, get fresh, uh, feel good. They're, they're the best. So look forward to the ne- next episode. We'll see you guys next week.